Welcome to the new and improved Configure It Done podcast. The Configure It Done podcast is now a place where we interview senior thought leaders in the SAP space across Australia and New Zealand. And the aim is to tap into their knowledge so we can pass on their insights to the listening SAP community. Please subscribe to the podcast and like, share and comment across Castos, YouTube, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This podcast is in partnership with the Black Dog Institute, who aim to create a mentally healthier world for everyone. If you wish to donate to the cause, please click the link below. Welcome to the Configure It Done podcast. Today, we have the wonderful Anthea Arnold with us. Um, We have known Anthea since late 2019 when um, she was referred to me by Roshni Stokes who was a very valued client of ours as well um, and I placed Anthea over at Endeavour Energy as the s change manager there when they were doing a large transformation project um, and since then we've gone on to place Anthea at two other clients and her current uh, client is now which is SAP Australia so we know Anthea very well we trust Anthea and we're very excited to have you today so welcome Thanks, Abby. Really happy to be here and to catch up with you again. Yeah, of course. Me too. It's, it's all good. So as I said, we're going to have a bit of a pub chat today. So we'll talk a little bit about your career, sort of where you've come from, um, your experiences and things that have shaped you into sort of the change manager that you are today, I suppose. Um, and then we'll go on to things that you're really passionate about. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Anthea. No problems, Abby. Um, so as you would know, uh, having interviewed me for my very first role um, <laughs> at Precision, I'm a registered industrial psychologist and I specialise in change management. What you may not know about me is that I actually started out in forensic psychology um, wow. before I moved to industrial psychology. Uh, however, after a few rather scary placements during my master's in forensics, I ended up transferring over to industrial. Um, So the scary placements during forensics, I might leave for another podcast, maybe a true crime podcast. Maybe a glass of wine podcast. A glass of wine and a a true crime podcast. Uh, But yes, I did start out in forensics, um, but now I am an industrial organisational psychologist. So uh, for those that aren't aware, that is the study of people at work. So looking at everything from learning and development, outplacement, career guidance, uh, assessments, change management, uh, recruitment and organisational restructures, all of those aspects uh, of uh, working with people in an organisation. It's interesting because people, you know, obviously I work with people in my day to day job as well. And I think that we are extremely interesting. So, yes, I love that you've specialised your career into that. So. Tell us a bit, a little bit about your career then. Like, where did you start off in your first change management role? Sure. So, um, I'll probably start with my role with actually my first work with SAP. Um, I started with SAP probably before I started in change management, and that was after probably about ten years of consulting. I won't age myself terribly, but uh, <laughs> it was when Coopers and Librand was called Coopers and Librand. Um, So I did about 10 years of consulting and then I worked for New South Wales Police. I worked in the assessment unit and yes, I could not keep away from the crime angle. I went back to to my crime roots. (laughs) Um, And what I did there was I worked uh, in the assessment unit and promotions and selections. But one of the things that I was tasked to do was to analyse data from SAP, a very old version of SAP, I might say, but 
once again, always good because it's SAP. And yep. what we would do is actually analyze the data from SAP against the crime stats. So having a look at SAP data, which was the HR metrics at the time, so exit interviews, looking at length of time people were in certain roles um, and any other HR data that we had in SAP, comparing that against police metrics uh, and then looking at things such as turnover of probationers, promotion of women in the ranks and looking at that data to see how we could implement and affect change. And that started my love of analytics, my love of change and of SAP. And that's pretty much stuck with me today. Mm. So, yeah, it, it started out with New South Wales Police. I then worked with um, uh, NYPD. So I did a secondment over to America. And wow. I looked uh, whilst I was there at the data systems that they had where they were using data across all of their various systems, um, crime stats, but also HR stats. Also, they looked at stats such as sick leave. They looked at stats in regards to um, critical incidents, et cetera. And yeah. they were using that to um, prevent suicide rates with their officers. And right. it was an amazing system that they had. And they would have these metrics that would identify people or officers at risk. And that information would go to the officers um, uh, next in charge, who was then required to talk to that officer and discuss any issues and concerns, etc. And they had a huge success in reducing the suicide rate of their police officers, which once again, just, you know, strengthened my love of analytics and data and what we could do with that data to to help people in the workforce. It was it was amazing yeah. work that they were doing, and I was able to bring that back to New South Wales Police and the work that they were doing. Incredible, um, isn't it? Because you wouldn't sort of think, you wouldn't automatically think suicide pre prevention and data analytics, right? You, they wouldn't come hand in hand, but how sort of what an amazing thing to be a part of. It, it really was. It was It was after um, a lot of the, the challenges they had after 9-11. Um, they did have a very high suicide rate of their police officers, unfortunately, and they found that this was a very successful way of preventing um, the suicides by identifying the risk factors early. It was it was an amazing program they had in place um, yeah, and really yeah. successful. How long um, did you spend in the NYPD? Um, so it wasn't a huge secondment. It was about a month that I spent over um, in America. Um, and I also mm -hmm. spent time uh, in North Carolina. I spent time with uh, the state um, uh, the state Bureau of Investigation over there. Um, I also spent time with various law enforcements over in North Carolina and also with some of the jails as well. Um, mm -hmm. So it was a really interesting time and uh, met some very interesting people. <laughs> and yeah. You were, you were at New South Wales Police for quite a few years, weren't you? I was. So after New South yeah. Wales Police, I then moved over to what was then called New South Wales Business Link, which is the shared services provider for family and community services. Um, mm -hmm. I looked after the promotions and recruitment for, um, you know, docs, uh, ageing and disability, home care, um, Aboriginal home care, etc. Um, I had a really great recruitment team there of about 70 people, um, probably one of the best recruitment teams I've ever looked after. Uh, but we also did some really great innovations. We implemented the e-recruitment system to Leo when we were there and yep. we had started the SAP implementation program, um, which is also another time when I got um, my, my love of SAP again. 
And um, that was just one of the times when a great opportunity came up for me, which was to move across to Transport for New South Wales and to not only head up um, one of the HR departments there in the shared services area, but also to be uh, the SME for uh, the, the HR component for their SAP implementation, which was, I think at the time, the largest SAP implementation in Australasia, which was about yep. a five-year implementation across 35,000 FTE for the whole of the, the transport cluster, which was, um, you know, an amazing opportunity, an amazing SAP implementation. Yeah, of course. So can you, you keep coming back to saying how much you enjoy SAP. What, what is it about SAP that you like sort of in comparison to other projects or sort of areas you've worked in? Look, I've worked across quite a lot of data systems. Um, Ellipse, Orion, I've worked on Salesforce uh, and various um, versions of SAP. It's mm. just the way that it holds the information together in a sensible way that you can go and collate the data. As I mentioned, look, I am a data nerd and I like the way that, you know, you can do everything from, you know, your HR to your finance to your procurement, um, your asset management. It holds it all together in a way that you can then have that end-to-end. -end. Um, it it breaks down the silos. You've got the ability to analyse that data and, and hold it in a way that makes it fairly easy for organisations to, to have good data, to report on their data and to be able to to then use that for predictive um, information as well as just for doing their day-to-day -day work. Um, yeah. It's not an easy system. I'm not going to say, look, you know, this is a really straightforward, simple system. It is a system that um, does require a, a good understanding of how it works, but it once it's implemented and implemented well, it does amazing things for an organisation and it, it really is just one of those systems that, that I'm always amazed by. And so what do you think is the best implementation that you've worked on then? Oh, I guess it depends on what you say, what you would call best, um, because best is is um, all relative. I would say... the most, you enjoy the most? Enjoy the most. Um, yeah. I'd say enjoy the most is the current one that I'm doing. I am working for um, Christchurch City Council over in New Zealand. And yeah. I have to say the energy, the positivity, the culture and the way that they are embracing change as a component of their program is one that I've never seen before. And as a yeah. change practitioner, that is something that we look for every day. And I've not worked on a program where change has had such a positive seat at the table. That yeah. is what I am loving. And that is what I'm finding is just making such a difference in regards to the way that the program is being implemented. Um, yeah. In regards to challenging, the one at Endeavour Energy was challenging because it was run almost completely during COVID. So it was, you know, the whole program, everything from you know, sit in UAT through to all of our training, through to our implementation and the design and development was all done in isolation. And that was really the first time that I had worked on one like that. And, you yeah. know, we trained about 1,500 people remotely, which for a blue-collar organisation that were still learning to use iPads and iPhones, etc. That was just an amazing achievement. So um, I'm really proud of that implementation and I'm really proud of the work that was done there. 
Was it fun? (laughs) I wouldn't say it was fun. I would say, though, it was a great achievement for what we did under the circumstances. And it was a great team, you know, a really, really great team who worked there, worked their little butts off. Yeah, definitely. It was it was a bit of a tumultuous time, wasn't it? I had, didn't know whether it was all going to implode or whether it was going to continue. But um, I think if I look back now, some of my clients in Dev Energy was definitely the the client that just continued with it and didn't seem to stop. And you know, there was a bit of I think there was about a two week hiccup where everybody panicked a bit when everybody went into lockdown. But after that, it just continued. So it's really good to see. Yeah, and I think that's a testament to that particular team. They they didn't stop. They kept going. And, and when COVID, you know, everyone went into lockdown, so many SAP programs stopped. And Endeavor just said, no, we're going to do this. And they they did. And to their to their credit, they implemented it and they implemented it effectively. And I think a lot of organizations were looking to Endeavor to see how they were doing it. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, hats off to them. It was it was not easy, but they did it um, and they did it successfully. Definitely. I think one of the things about Endeavour, just sort of sticking on that point quickly, is that they did make change um, an important part of the programme. Um, and a lot of our clients, we sort of try and consult with them and say, hey, look, change is really important. You've got to get that right from the start and you've got to make sure that it's really ingrained in the business, particularly in these large implementa- implementations. Um, as a change practitioner yourself, do you see that? Do you sort of come in sometimes and see that change is a bit of an afterthought and you have to catch up? Or have you found in your career that mostly change has sort of been really important? It's a really good point. And I think it depends on the organisation and it depends on the culture of the organisation and the change maturity of the organisation. Endeavour is a great example. Um, there were various uh, I guess what you would call waves or, or various um, releases and each release had a different sponsor and a different um, I guess a different uh, leadership for those releases and yeah. the success of those releases really did come down a lot to those sponsors and the way the sponsors led that release and when you look at the success of, of any program and SAP programs in particular, you've got, you know, your classic, and I'm I'll, I'll going to have to talk about ProSci, yeah. you know, your, your classic ProSci change triangle. You have to have the three seats at the table. You have to have project management, which is, you know, the technical side of the change, which is, you know, your design, development, delivering the actual solution. So that's the, the actual project itself. But you have to have leadership and you have to have sponsorship. And that is just as important. And that is the governance and the direction. That is actually guiding, supporting and making sure that you have the the right people saying the right things and supporting and directing the program and making key decisions and actions. And that is as equally important as the project management. Change management is that third piece of that triangle equally important as project management and leadership and sponsorship and if it doesn't have a seat at the table your people are not going to adopt the system they are not going to understand what change means to them they're not going to be enabled they're not going to understand and be able to adapt to the solution so you need those three pieces you need the project management which is the actual system design and implementation 
You need the leadership and the sponsorship to guide and direct and support. And then you need change management to bring the people on the journey because they will be using the system. Because otherwise you've got a bright new system that's shiny and pretty and no one is going to use it. So you yeah. need those three elements. And, and without that, you just don't set your project up for success. And you'd be surprised by the amount of times that we've seen change management be an absolute afterthought. And so, yeah, there's millions have been spent on implementing this, you know, pretty beautiful functioning SAP system, but people don't use it. So pointless. <laughs> so what do you think is, obviously we kind of touched on it briefly there, but what do you think is really key to success in change management? Um, I think you touched on it before as well by saying, you know, change management can often be an afterthought. And one of the things that, that people can, can say is, oh, well, change management's just training. All you've got to do is train people. Um, you know, that's all you've got to do. But, you know, the research is saying that your formal training is only about 10% of what you actually need for the success to actually make it so that people are upskilled and are able to undertake the new role and responsibilities. So probably for me, there's there's a couple of things that you need for that success. And, and one of them is understanding that difference between, well, it's just training, but also making sure that you've got the informal learning in place, which is, you know, your change agents, your peer network, making sure they've got that support from management. They know exactly what they need to do. And then also on the job. So they need that on the job support, the coaching, your SMEs, the guides, the in-system help. Where can they go to get that support? Because that makes up about 70% of the actual learning that they need to be able to do it. So when you get those throwaway lines of, oh, we just got to do some formal training, just run them through training, they'll be fine. That is just such a small component of setting people up for success in regards yeah. to them being able to, to use and adopt and be successful in that new system. And to me, that's one of the things is, is not just educating people, but educating the, the business and the project team in it's not just training that we've got to do for people. Yeah, of course. It's uh, it's got to be done right from the start, right? It's, Very much it's so. Whole, it's, it's a journey. <laughs> it's a journey, yeah. It's a psyche change as well, right? Um, if I think about in our business when we, we bought on a new database a few years ago and I'd spent years using our other database and like all of a sudden I was expected to use this new system and I'm, I'm a dinosaur. I don't understand how to use new systems, right? So, yes, I can understand where it comes from, definitely. And you won't um, get it and you won't get it first go. So so you'll have a lot of goes. Very much so. So if so yeah. go live, you'll have a lot of people who perhaps will go backwards in their performance. They'll go backwards in their time taken to reduce to do tasks. And you need yeah. to allow for that. And you need to understand that's part of the process because it's that learning curve and you've got to allow them that time and give them that support so that they can learn and they can get upskilled. And, and that's also a really big part of that. Yeah, of course. So what areas are you most passionate about? I know we kind of touched on it slightly, but what, what makes you tick? Um, okay, what makes me tick? Change management has so many different areas and so many different aspects that make up success. One of the areas that I am very passionate about is the importance of feedback. And feedback really scares a lot of people. And we're going through it at the moment with the current project that I'm working on. And I yeah. see it every day that people are, are afraid of that feedback 
And I can understand and I can really empathize with that. And I guess to give an example, in my spare time, I show quarter horses. And to put some perspective on that, when I first started in my current um, discipline of showing quarter horses, I would never look at the judges' scorecards. I never wanted to see them. I would get my my placings and then I would go back to my trailer and I would mutter to myself, well, the judge doesn't know what they're doing. Someone in the crowd <laughs> made a noise, you know, there was a barking dog or something, put my, put my horse off, you know, all of that. And then yeah. I would go back the next show and do things exactly the same way, expecting yeah. a different result. And I would just keep going back and back and back. And after a while I thought, well, this isn't working. <laughs> so I got like the courage insanity. up. Exactly right. I got the yeah. courage up and I went and I got the judges' scorecards and I put my big girl pants on and I started to read the judges' score sheets. And, oh, my gosh, there was so much information. I found out the judge was saying we were too slow in our trot. We stopped past the marker. We didn't complete our turns. Things I was not aware of, things I did not know I was doing. But also the judge loved our canner. The judge loved our mm-hmm. canner transitions. There were things the judge loved. It's like, wow, okay, that's really great. So yeah. what I now had was constructive things to work on. I could practice at home. I knew exactly what I was needing to focus on. And then I could improve on my next show. And surprisingly, we started to do better. And it was like, okay, that's really starting to click. And it's the same for any SAP program. Looking at the feedback, getting the feedback, whether it be pulse surveys, whether it be ADCAST surveys, whether it be lessons learned, You've got to put your big girl pants on and say, okay, what are the people really saying? Don't take it personally. Don't say, well, they weren't there. They didn't know how hard we worked. You know, they should try and give it a go. Put all of that aside and go, yes, but what do they think we did well and what do they think we could do better? And that's what you need to really put that focus on for next time. Because chances are you will either have another program within that organisation or you will be moving to another program in another organisation and you take all that valuable feedback with you. Don't put it in a drawer. Don't lock it away for no one else to see. Take it out and go, what are we going to do about it? What are the actions we're going to do? Who's going to action these? Make it constructive. Make it useful. Feedback is so important. But you have to be brave and, 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 and it's scary. We have them. Um, we have a saying internally at Precision that my boss Simon loves to throw around. It's feedback makes you bitter or better, and um, <laughs> it's because we're, we're we're pretty good at giving feedback internally, right? And but yeah, it can be confronting. I think as humans, we like to know what we're doing well at and shy away from what we're doing not so well. At. I'm a prime person for that. So yeah, doing that in a whole program where you're putting your blood, sweat, and tears to it is confronting, but it's important, right? I totally agree. And, and, and people can take it personally and it's really hard not to. And, and our role in change is to make sure that we gather the right information from the right people in the right way, that we analyse it and that we feed it back in the right way so that you don't offend people, that you don't give people, you know, information that is going to upset and hurt them. 
but that you also give them actions and, and information that's useful because, you know, that's part of our role in change is how do we gather that information, how do we analyse it and how do we make that program better? And, and that's not easy. That is hard to take them on that journey. Yeah, it really is. And I think I remember you did really well with that Endeavour Energy. There was a lot of that, wasn't there? And particularly given it was all remote, as you said, right? It's it's a new way of working for the world. So Yeah, and, yeah. and there's so many things you can learn from that. And, you know, it can, as you said, it can only make you better. Yes, exactly. But you can't teach everyone how, how they do that, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Um, well look I think that's um I think that's good I think we've covered a lot of a lot of ground there is there anything else you'd like to add um probably the other thing that I'm I'm quite passionate about is is data and analytics being a data nerd um yeah in change management one of the things that is also sometimes overlooked is the importance of data and it is your friend in change management we're constantly collecting data from change impact assessments, learning needs analysis, stakeholder analysis, feedback assessments, um, business utilisation, etc. It's what we then do with that information and how we use that. So, for example, um, in the program that I'm working on at the moment, we have gone live with self-service um, requisitioning. And we're looking at the data to see, okay, who is now using the new system and how are they using it? who's taking perhaps too long to approve purchase orders, et cetera, and then assessing that against have they done training? Have they watched the videos in regards to training? And if we're seeing a trend or seeing some correlations there, that gives us some actions. Okay, that's some people who perhaps need some training or maybe that's a division that needs some extra training. So we're looking at that data and saying, well, what is that data telling us about adoption of the new system? It's not, we've gone live, great, let's move on the next project. It's, let's look at the business benefits. Are they being realised? And we need to have data to be able to do that. And that's where you can start to to correlate and analyse the data that you've got both within the system, but also through, you know, surveys. And thankfully, SAP have some great survey tools. So I'm a little spoiled. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, it's obviously, it's horrendously important, right? Because it's it all boils down to using the system and using it correctly. SAP is not a cheap product, right? Um, when they're not racing to the bottom, they're not trying to be the cheapest out there, but they are very detailed and can cover everything, as you said, right? So if you're not using it properly, it's kind of it's kind of futile. Well, that's it. And to get the business benefits, you want to make sure people aren't going back to their old ways of doing things. You want mm-hmm. to make sure that they're using the, easily the, done. very much so. So it's not yeah. about making sure they know how to do things. So have they been trained? Are they actually supported? But are they also doing things correctly? Are they using the new processes, etc.? Or are they struggling? And that's where you look at things like time taken. So you can actually, you know, analyse some of those things and, and really look to see uh, whether those benefits are being realised. All righty. Well, look, thank you so much for your time today. Um, it was wonderful to talk to you and um, and to see you again. And um, yeah, I, uh, I look forward to sharing this all across LinkedIn and please feel free to share it too. It's been a pleasure as always, Abby. All righty. Thanks, Anthea. Cheers. Please like, share, comment and subscribe to the Configure It Done podcast 